Man, Kyrie Irving stays a net for another year. Jalen Brunson will be balling in front of Spike Lee and the hooligans review potential free agency moves. I'm Rosa Panza. This is Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good, feeling great, getting ready for free agency. Oh yeah, Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm doing the Dougie and John Wall's honor. Excited <laughs> that free agency for us is already over, but we got the guys we wanted. I'm I'm feeling good, my man. Oh man, all right. Well, the first bit of news here is about Kyrie Irving. And apparently he's going to opt into his 37 million player option for the 22-23 season as the athletic has learned and basically Kyrie Irving is bypassing multiple opt-in and trade scenarios to fill his fulfill his four-year commitment with the Nets and Kevin Durant what do you guys think of Kyrie Irving doing this um do you guys think this is sort of like a posturing move for Kyrie just to get his money and then perhaps ask for a trade later on or what do you guys think of this so i think there's a couple parts to this one of which you already uh implied about so on one side i have a feeling that the sign and trade offers were reviewed and no one was willing to give him his max and this whole nonsense about we go to lakers for six million dollars was nonsense frankly there was no way he was taking a 31 million dollar pay cut so there was rumors out there that the Nets were not willing to give him multiple guaranteed years. There was talk that they were willing to give him a two to three year deal where only the first year was guaranteed. So it was essentially a play by play year based on if he was available and willing to play. Do we think so, that's the right move like by the Nets? So if I was the Nets, I would have guaranteed the second year only because if you do that, it probably just it doesn't start the clock again on this whole thing. And really worst case, right? Let's say that he goes through, it's another bad year, then he's an expiring contract and you have some options. With this now, the issue now becomes the clock is just still running. Contract is up at the end of the year unless they re-up him in the middle of the year. And there's still smoke or some talk that he could still get traded now, even as being discussed. And the problem with all this is Katie's still looming in the wings, depending on what happens with him, no matter what's been said so i think i'm not surprised that he opted in given that no one was willing to max him i don't think the story is completely over though but that's that's how i took it jay did you read it the way i did or what did you think i did i thought you broke it down perfectly which was Kyrie would have to be absolutely crazy which people counted on to reject the offer and just take the mid-level exception which is at what seven or nine million versus the thirty-seven point five that he's making mm-hmm. with the right. Nets. Yeah, and you would be—you would have to be absolutely insane to reject that. So, where does this whole situation put the Nets? When I think about the Nets right now, I'm thinking, well, they didn't have many choices. This is what we've been saying: you are in the mercy of KD and Kyrie because those are your superstars, and this is a superstar-driven league. However, I thought it was pretty interesting that there were reports that the Nets had enough. They had enough of this guy, Kyrie Irving, (laughs) holding them hostage, not playing. Um, 
and taking days off. He refused to take the vaccine, which I I could get, I guess, right? There, it's it's become a political issue, but sometimes people have to make sacrifices, and I feel that the Nets didn't see that Kyrie isn't really a selfless player. He's more selfish more than anything. Right. His actions showcase that he's selfish. Yeah. Unless otherwise, like, have you seen Kyrie take one for the team? I mean, Kyrie missed 123 games last year. 123 games last year. In, you know, I, what, I'm some... going to assume you're being somewhat sarcastic about 123 games in an 82 game season. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got that totally wrong. Thank you. To, um, to put it into just... perspective, Kevon Looney played 120 games this season. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's one Kyrie in the last played... two years. That's what it yeah. is. Two years. Two years. Okay. Kyrie... My bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Kyrie only played how many the past three seasons 82 was it 82 in the last three somewhere in that area yeah yeah and, and i yeah. think he he opted in another point i wanted to make is he wanted to opt it in, opt in so his contract would match with kd so like what you're saying sammy it's a it's a time it's a clock what yeah. are they gonna do next season with both contracts now so that's the interesting thing, and that leads me to the next thing I was going to ask you both. And you and I legitimately thought you were being sarcastic, so I wasn't trying to call you out. Um, no, I read that wrong. Sorry. So 12 months from now. So I think uh, to kind of follow up on what you're saying, Jay, about the contracts. So Katie tacked on a year or two, but he basically still has all the leverage. And so into that, 12 months from now, where are we with the Nets? Is one there, are both there, are both gone? How did the season end? Call your shots. You know, I was talking to JJ about this earlier because looking at this whole situation, I almost feel like you could kind of see it coming where Kyrie's going to want to leave. And in turn, Kevin Durant's going to feel some type of way, maybe get a little sensitive about his situation with the Nets because they didn't take care of his boy, Kyrie Irving, and want to leave too. So... I was talking to Jay about this, like, if I'm the Nets, I might be looking for trades. I might be looking for moves this season. Is that too crazy to say? Is Would it be super duper crazy if you saw maybe Kevin Durant get traded out of here? Just to get ahead of it? I don't think he gets traded unless he asks for it. I'll say that now. Or unless something behind the scenes blows up so bad that they have to ship him. Only because he's still a top five player and... I just don't think you can unload guys like that. On the other side of that, for me, he's going in, I believe it's year 16 now. If they don't get out of the first round or maybe the second next year, I actually do think he's gonna ask out because we know how much he cares about his legacy, how much he listens to other people. I think in his mind, he has to win a title outside of Golden State. Because if he doesn't, that's how it's always gonna get looked at. So. What I, if what if, I don't know if a, another superstar is on the table and you're the Nets and you're thinking this this is my pitch here. Kevin Durant is a big headache. And mm -hmm. he's made this awful roster move which is to pay this man Kyrie Irving this year 37 million dollars, right? Someone roster who did moves. not Sorry. Yeah, he, 
multiple <laughs> roster moves, right? And we've come, we've got like come to this culture where we're letting superstars become GMs. And let's say that someone like a uh, Jalen Brown and some pieces with the Celtics, and they think they could get over the edge with Jason Tatum and KD. Do you do that? I think I would consider it. I don't think it's like outside of the world of possibility, but I don't know. If they don't get I... to the finals, I would. Yeah. Brooklyn, I mean, if, if they don't get to the finals and that deal's on the table, I'd, yeah. I'd be on board with a move like that. Jay, what about you? Well, I should have brought this up last week when the question was out there about the Nuggets and Nets, if they were healthy, if they could make it far in the playoffs. This year in the finals, the Celtics and the Warriors' defensive ratings were ranked what? One and, One and two. two. One and two. Can the Nets and the Nuggets, with their current roster construction, make it deep in the playoffs with terrible defenses? Hmm. Yeah. That I don't know. I mean, I'm, I guess we're still yet to see Ben Simmons hit the court. Right. Oh, I forgot he's I there. Well, so here's the thing. We laugh about it. There, there is an alternate reality that exists where Kyrie's got an expiring contract and wants to get paid again, right? Where Simmons is actually healthy. And all of a sudden, this is like this super malleable, flexible right. team that can run all kinds of lineups out there, win 60 games, and is the top yeah. seed out east. Is it likely? Probably not. <laughs> but is it possible? Those guys, if you take out all of the noise around all three, just the basketball yeah. fit, they actually fit really nicely together. I, you can't it's play NBA 2K. With, I'm not disagreeing when, with that. When but thinking I'm thinking about Ben Simmons. Like, you know what I mean? It's no, like, no, I'm with you. We can't expect you. this guy to be a savior. That's that's the that's the thing I'm, that I could bank on. I'm not even expecting him to be a savior. I'm saying if Kyrie is actually in the oh crap, my market does not exist. I need to play well to get paid again. True. Money drives these money drives people. I don't want to judge players. Money drives people. Right. Right. This is going to be his last big contract if he plays well. He went searching for sign and trades and they were not there. That's going to speak to him. So That's true. If he plays 65, 70 games and Simmons is back on the court, then we might see a very different version of this team. Now, like I said, um, there's too much injury history between all of these guys now, Katie included, to assume that's going to happen. But that that is an alternate reality that might exist. That's all I'm throwing out there. So that's one version. The other version is I all three it. of them aren't on the team next year. Yeah, I I'm going to agree. JJ, can you break down this quote for me? I need I need someone to interpret this. Kyrie said to Shams, he said, normal people keep the world going, but those who dare dare to be, sorry, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. What does that even mean? <laughs> Can anyone You're, break this down? I'm trying to break it down. I'm trying to use my, my education that was very expensive that I invested in. <laughs> And I might, I feel like an idiot trying to interpret it, but am I trying to read a quote from someone who thinks the world is flat? That's also true. So that's also true. I'll leave it at that. I am scared of tomorrow if that's, that's one of the people leading us into <laughs> yeah. it. I'll leave it at that. 
<laughs> if daring to be different leads me to $37 million, I'm for it. But I'm going to get us to our next topic here. It's about Jalen Brunson. And apparently the Knicks are trading Noel and Burks to the Pistons, um, which is going to unload about $19 million in salary, clearing space to try to sign Jalen Brunson, who's expected to sign there. And it's going to be a four-year 100 plus million dollar contract and this is going to leave the Mavs without one of their main pieces that helped them um help them get to the Western Conference Finals and I want to ask you guys first on the Jalen Brunson side how do you guys like his fit with his new team potentially the New York <laughs> Knicks ouch <laughs> <laughs> Sammy go ahead because <laughs> I just started it off wrong. That is that is rough, Nick fans. I'm sorry. It's it's kind of accurate, but it's rough. Um, so the on-court fit is not the worst in the world. I actually think okay. that he fits what they need. Economically, though, this feels like the Knicks being the Knicks. And you know the analogy I would have for you both is in the past, doesn't happen as much as it used to. But in the past, you remember in the NBA draft, one or two players would rise up every year based on how they played in the tournament and get drafted like 30 picks over where they were supposed to. Absolutely. Um, Shabazz Napier comes to mind on this, no offense, but he went really high uh, because Great. of how he played in the Final Four. This is how I feel about the signing. Last year, Brunson would have taken four for 55. Mavs didn't offer it to him. Yeah. Yep. And then he had a great playoff, all credit against Phoenix, pretty good and in the first round against Utah, he was amazing when Luka was out. And then he ran in the Golden State, and I think he had, like, what, two good games in that series? Yeah. He's not, to me, the body of work is not that of a $25, $26 million a year player. This is something that it feels like the Knicks from 15 years ago. They've been setting this up all summer. They hired his dad as an assistant coach. Like, they've been lining this up. And I think they're going to regret it. I actually, funny enough, I have a... Uh, cousin and some family members huge nick fans and one of them said after he saw the trades in this setup said i seriously must finally give up my fandom and that's not a shot at brunson <laughs> it's a shot at the front office um so i i respect brunson as a player and i'm all about players getting the most they can they can salary wise i just don't like this contract because this is a number two star contract and i don't think that's the player brunson is that's where i was on this well right. brunson had a great postseason but it his track record isn't as extensive as other players to receive in my opinion 25 million 25 million should be reserved for an, a, a dependent player or a player that you know is consistently good instead of just one postseason and i wanted to read some right. quotes um from social media that i felt were very funny that had high likes okay Next thing, this Brunson is the second coming of Michael Jordan. Okay, I like that one. <laughs> this one's pretty funny. They try to make the Detroit Knicks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I have another one here, but I'm trying to keep it PG rated. But essentially, based off those two quotes, you could tell that the New York Knicks fans are super excited to sign this. <laughs> Second coming of Michael Jordan, as uh, Sammy would also put it. Oh man! But twenty-five million for a player that scored sixteen points 
four rebounds, about five assists, and he plays mid-range. Yeah. Like, it's his game is dope, but it's kind of out of date, and it matches well with the Mavs. Like, right. the Mavs, you gotta learn how to pay. Mark Cuban, after Dirk won, he's been kind of cheap, man. Oh, so can I interject a little bit on that? Yeah, they go offered ahead, him please. something like 20 to 22. So they're willing to pay him somewhat. I actually heard they might even up it. But Brunson apparently feels like he can't maximize his abilities because he's next to the most ball dominant player in the league. That was reported by a pretty legit report. I think it was, forgive me, I might be getting the name wrong. It's either Michael Haynes or Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports reported Mm -hmm. that. He's He's got good sources. So I agree with you that they went cheap after they won the ring. And they had been. In this case, they were willing to give him something. I don't know if they upped it after they heard the Knicks offer. But apparently Brunson's kind of making this decision where he's choosing to go, assuming that the, this goes through. Excuse right. me. I just don't know how <laughs> I just don't know how the dimensions or the geometry of the court is gonna work with potentially Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. And RJ Barrett. And RJ Barrett. Like where is where is the shooting dude. coming from? I'm curious from? to see if Randall gets traded. If someone wants Interesting. Him. If a, if a team who misses out takes him on. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, very curious to see that. But just to put this in perspective, too, just because we were talking about 25 million a year, what JJ was saying about what kind of player is 25 a year. I just want to throw out some names making close to that. And you tell me, like, this is where he's at. Fred Van Fleet makes 21. Mikhail Bridges makes 20. Lonzo Ball makes 19. And uh, John Collins, 23. Draymond Green, 25. DeMar DeRozan, 27. Chris Paul, 28. Jalen Brown, 28. This is the ballpark he's in now. So just throwing that out there. This is a big swing by Uh the New York Knicks. That's a lot of money and a lot of years to to tie into this dude that had one good postseason. And quite frankly, one really good series. I think that's really where Mm. he made his money, right? Was one good series where Luka Doncic was injured and he was the dude. So anyway, we're going to take a short little break (laughs) with a word from our sponsor. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. Tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. Wow. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Our next topic here is... DeJounte Murray. Multiple sources throughout the NBA believe the Atlanta Hawks are on the verge of trading for the Spurs DeJounte Murray in a trade package that includes Danilo Gallinari and multiple first-round picks. I I don't know what to think of this trade. I'm actually kind of shocked that the San Antonio Spurs are willing to move DeJounte Murray, who he was an all-star, wasn't he? Yes. DeJounte Murray, who's an all-star, on a team where it needs a leader. This San Antonio team needs a leader. I don't know if this means that they don't necessarily think he's that dude. What do you guys think of this trade here? 
potential trade. I, I don't know what the Spurs are doing. I think Sammy alluded it to us earlier on the text. So break it down, Sammy. What are the Spurs doing? Because I'm as confused as Jin is. So I'm trying to deduce the same thing. I actually don't like this trade for either team. And right. which is weird because DeJounte Murray is a player. I, I absolutely love the player. Um, Me too. The only thing I could get from this. So Murray's got two years left. Great contract. Four for 64 is what he signed for. So 16 and a half and 17 and a half. So he's making the next two years. Then from there, he's obviously going to want to get paid. And I wonder if the Spurs are getting out ahead, figuring if we trade him with two years on his deal instead of as an expiring, we'll maximize his return. And now we know for a fact, it seems based on good reporting that three first round picks are on the table. Now, potentially there might be four uh, because there's a mystery team or two out there now being reported that also might be interested in him. Funny enough, one of them might be the prior mentioned New York Knicks, but that's another story. Uh, so I wonder if that's what they're doing. I'm just curious though. Murray's a great player. Defender from what I've seen and read, he's about average. I wonder though, if Atlanta trades for him, you're going really small all of a sudden, particularly in the backcourt. There's also the expectation right. they're going to trade Collins. If you put Murray with Young, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdanovich, and Capella, it's a good team on paper. I don't think you're making a run at four, the top four seeds out east, though. You're not a title contender there. Do you guys agree with that? I would agree with that. So, and the way I see it's kind of like a new school Splash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like two guards. I I don't know, man. Because I don't think DeJounte Murray is particularly effective deep. Is he like no, a he, he's about a 33% uh, three-point shooter. I think what they would do, my guess, is that they would have Murray be the primary distributor and have Trey Young play a lot more off-ball. Right. Uh, that would be my assumption, but... Yeah. Murray, I don't know Murray that shooting work, has gotten a lot better the last few years, and I anticipate that he'll it'll keep getting better and better. And if he does end up in a place like Atlanta, or if he does get traded where he's not the primary, I would anticipate his shooting numbers go up because he's probably going to get a lot more just better looks. But the other thing about the picks is that whatever gets traded is supposedly going to be very lightly protected, if not at all. So it has the potential to blow up in a team's face, depending on what they do. So it's just a weird trade. And from the other side of it, San Antonio, if, if the logic is trade away before his contract gets big, I said that that might be the logic based on what I've seen in red. I don't necessarily agree with it because you're obviously not a team that recruits free agents. So what does right. it say when you finally have this player who seems to be developing into an all-star like he was this year and you're dealing him unless there's something behind the scenes that we don't know? Yeah, I, th I think that's really what it is. Also, the confusing part on the Hawks, or sorry, on the, the Spurs side is, isn't John Collins unhappy? Isn't he like a decent piece that maybe you would want instead of Danilo Gallinari? <laughs> like, like, I don't understand how you're not getting oh anything God. back. You know, like the multiple first rounders are great, but maybe at least get one decent piece out of this that you can That's perhaps saying, maybe My potentially only, build a team around. I don't, only it's, thought it's crazy. process is that they're trying to clear out their books, which why I yeah. don't know, because like I mentioned to you, they're not a free agency destination. Um, right. 
So Collins has three years left on his deal. Honestly, based on today's NBA, his deal's not terrible. He makes on average 25 a year, which is a, a little high based on yeah. what we just talked about with Brunson. Um, but it's not like outrageously over the top. The only thing that I could see is maybe clearing enough cap room to make a um, an offer to like a, a Miles Bridges, maybe. perhaps. Maybe. Something like that. Or maybe like even like a Lou Dort, like someone like not in the middle yeah or so, somewhere somewhere like in the middle of like the 20 the 20 mil 25 mil range there's um, that there's the net there's that kid coming out in the draft next year who's supposed to be generational i believe his name is victor Wambanaya, oh, the, the yeah. french center and you wonder if it's just going to be tankapalooza a bunch of bunch of these teams to start next season that's also true that's what i can think of we're going to move on to our next topic here it's going to be just free agency questions here and my first question is, which of these big names do you expect to leave their current team? And the biggest names that we have out there are Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, and Miles Bridges. And I'm going to go with uh, JJ first here. So out of those three, I'm assuming that each and every single one of them will stay. But if I had a name to expect to leave, I would say Levine. Ooh, I would actually have... But if, if I were the actual players or player, I would have the, if I was Bill, I would leave. And if I was the Wizards, I would not <laughs> extend that yeah. contract at all. But shout out to Bill Simmons. Him and um, I think Ryan Rosillo covered the Wizards and they've broke, broken down how many bad, bad contracts they've had with Gilbert right. Arenas, Bill, John Wall. Yeah. Chris Weber. So good job, Wizards. Keep now, doing your thing. And now potentially Bradley Beal. And um, Bradley Beal, get that seventh and eighth seed or the and <laughs> <laughs> those drop picks that can really help you. Oh man, shoot. Gamble, you know? Sammy, what do you think? I don't think Beal's on the team by the end of next season. Interesting. But I think uh, if the Wizards offer him $50 million a year, I think he's going to take it and then just potentially mm-hmm. force his way out. And without getting too nerdy about this, I think that's going to be a big topic of the next CBA when it expires. As players signing these deals and then just forcing their way out later. So, right. right, they should fix that. I'm going to say Beal. I think the other two sign their contracts and end up staying. There's been a little smoke about Bridges, but I don't think he leaves. With Bradley Beal, I mean, didn't he say like on Draymond's podcast or something like that, that um, winning a championship is cool, but I want to try to maximize the amount of money I'm going to make. Washington's the place to do it, my man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he wants to sign a five-year, $241.6 million contract. And if he were to sign anywhere else, it would be like a 60 to $70 million difference. And that is a lot of money. All right, for our next one, I want you guys to identify under-the-radar players you think will be a big impact that is going to come about from this free agency. I'll s- Go ahead. Sammy. I am going to go with Mitchell Robinson on this one, the New York Knicks center. I think he's been underutilized oh. there the last few years. Good shot blocker, fouls a little too much, but when he's on the floor, he's almost a double-double. I just think he, he's been misused, and because that team hasn't had enough primary scoring in addition to a good distributor 
to really maximize him. He's got a little bit of a young DeAndre Jordan in him. Yeah. I think the right team, it's got to be fit. If he, if he finds the right situation with a good point guard, I actually think he could be a, one of the steals of this offseason. So I'm going to go with Mitchell Robinson. Hmm. Under the Ritter players, I mean, I'm going to have to preface this by saying that I'm going to be a homer, but GP2 and Looney, if we're going to talk about the Warriors and yeah. them repeating, you got to run it back, especially with those two. But GP2 was very underrated. When he started playing game two in the final series, it totally changed the dynamic of the defense for the Warriors. He was able to guard Tatum and Brown, and the defense, frankly, went up another level. So they're expected that he might get paid 10 million, which with the repeater luxury tax is really paying 70 million for the Warriors. But if you're winning, pay it, Joe Lickup. Keep <laughs> keep it. Keep the keep the roster and keep upgrading. Don't be like Milwaukee where they let go of PJ Tucker. And that was you know, you guys actually said that in the beginning of the year. Underrated loss. Yeah. And I was like, huh, PJ Tucker? Maybe. But hey, you you proved yourself right. So good job. Yeah, absolutely. Like GP2 almost out Marcus Smart did Marcus Smart. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's basically like a Marcus Smart, but he, he did it better in the finals. Um, but anyway, my my pick for this one actually is Anthony Simons. If he goes to a different team. I don't think it's a name <laughs> that people even mention. Right, but he's a restricted free agent, and I think someone could toss him some money. I think he could be productive in a different scenario that isn't behind Dame Lillard. Maybe he goes to a team with better defense. I think he could make a difference. Um, the next question here is: What signings okay. or what signing would you think would be an overrated signing? So one that was looked at as like breaking news, big news, but in reality, it's not that huge. I'll start this one. I would say James Harden. <laughs> Swinging big. The beard. Yeah. The beard. Overrated. If he, I mean, he's supposed to resign, right? Yeah. Yeah. And his trend and projection hasn't been great the last few years. So it's now make it or break it, I want to say. But Daryl Morey loves that guy. And shout out to Daryl Morey trying to run the 2017 Rockets team again. Eric Gordon, I know Sammy's boy is supposed to resign with the Sixers. They got PJ Tucker. <laughs> Who else are they missing? <laughs> Josh Smith, I hear, is coming out of retirement. <laughs> Seriously. Sammy, got a, you go I got a couple candidates on this one. I'm going to go with Montrez Harrell on this. Um, oh. based, and the reason I base that is because his track record has proven regular season, you're playing bad teams, he'll put up 18 to 20 points, give you some big snarls, you yeah. know, grab your 8 to 10 rebounds. Can't play in the playoffs. Can't defend the rim, can't shoot from outside of 10 feet. Doesn't fit the playoffs. And so for a contending team... <laughs> 
he can be schemed off the floor so easily that it's one of those things where I would anticipate he signs with like a fringe playing team or with a bad team just to get paid. But I think it'll make news and it's not actually a move the needle kind of move, we'll say. Man, my my choice is another Portland kid. It's going to be Yusuf Nurkic. He was seen as like one of the main pieces in that Portland squad with CJ McCollum, Dame Lillard, and they would always mention Yusuf Nurkic as being an important piece. I think some team and fan base, they're going to fall in love with him. They're going to say, look at this guy's hustle. Look at the rebounds. He could pass a little bit. But then you're going to realize that like when playoff time comes, no good. Man kind of disappears. <laughs> he just absolutely disappears, man. And I think it'll be a severely overrated signing. Um, anyway, that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you two for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Excited for free agency to start this Thursday. Amen. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Sammy, thanks for being on. Thank you. I'm also very hyped for free agency. Nerd season in me is ready to come out here and... Just want to add for our listeners once again, for those of you who know I've been discussing this, the Californians for Solutions to Homelessness and Mental Health Support Measure officially got its signatures. It will be on the ballot in November. So if you want to take advantage from the great offers we get from DraftKings, please vote for that measure in November. This is not paid for by any political party or affiliation, just your friends at the clinic. And shout out to our video producer, RJ, who is putting us on Twitch right now. And shout out to the Twitch followers. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah!